Hey, you are listening to Yesod Blocks. This is Rabbi Zev Bannett, and this is the Nefesh Achaim series. It's actually been quite some time since we had a new episode in the series. That is because there has been a ton of updates in the Yesod Blocks journey, which is why I'm going to direct you to go check out www.yesodblocks.com if you like the things you hear in this series, the Nefesh Achaim series. Uh, where we essentially are exploring the book Nefesh and the idea of Yesod blocks in general is predicated on the assumption that the Torah is actually real. All the discussions of neshama, soul, God, like these things are things that are actually intrinsically part of existence in a way that is palpable and in a certain way almost tangible. And if, you know, the analogy I keep using for this in every single episode, just at least uh, in some form, is that when you look into somebody else's eyes, you're not looking to see them. You're not, you're not looking to see their eyeballs. You're looking to actually see them, what makes them into an actual self. Whenever you talk to somebody else, the thing which is the most important is not the body, the flesh, the things that you see right in front of your eyes. It's actually the person who is sort of shining through, almost like they're a light uh, shining through the eyes of the person in front of you, which again is so real. Everyone in the world constantly uh, is searching for that type of connection. They're looking to connect to somebody on the inside in terms of who they really are and then you know through the body whether it's by talking by by touching by by sharing a meal together whatever the particular uh, external uh, elements you're using to actually connect to somebody on the inside but that's really what we're all trying to do we're all we all experience ourselves as someone on the inside shining out into the outside through the body that we use and that is what Yesod Blocks is all about so go check out www.yesodblocks.com y-e-s-o-d-b-l-o-c-k-s uh, if you want to get more content like this. So uh, the part of Nefshechaim that we're up to here, there's a bunch of older episodes from last year. We had a little bit of a break as we were upgrading the entire system of Yesod Blocks. Um, so we did the first nine chapters of the first section. So Shar Aleph uh, until Perak Tess, we covered that. Um, section 1, Chapter 9, we finished. And now we're going to start with Chapter 10, Perak Yod. And so I recommend going to check out those earlier episodes, but each episode here will be pretty much self-contained to a certain degree. So you don't have to really do that if you don't want to, but it definitely is always good to learn these things in order. Um, so in Perak Yod, it's really based on the previous sections, obviously. And the last thing that the Nef Shachayim was talking about was how we, and people in the world, so we play this interesting role in which uh, generally, the, and the analogy that he brings in the end of Perak Tess, chapter 9, is that an example of a, of the, of a horse, that it says in Shir Hashirim, in the Song of Songs, it says, um, It's like, to, to my horses, among the horses of Paro, I have compared you, my beloved. That's God talking about us. And he's saying that I compared you to the horses of Paro. Now, why would Hashem, why would, God, why would Hashem compare us to the horses of Paro? Well, the reason is because what was going on in the, with the horses of Paro in the story of, of B'nai Israel leaving Egypt. So the horses were actually kind of running the show. Uh, Paro was stuck in his in his uh, chariot, and the horses were just bolting, and he was just being carried along for the ride wherever the horses were going. And so we are like the horses of Paro. So the question is, in what way is that? So the end of the last chapter, so the Nefshachim articulates that Hashem is kind of like Paro, in this analogy, and we are the horses, and that Hashem kind of has to go where we take him. In other words, the world that we live in is a world in which there is essentially Hashem has chosen to block out his completely endless self, his endless presence, the endless ocean of consciousness that is what we call Yudke Vavke. 
And each of us is kind of like this little um, iceberg. Think of it as like underneath the ocean, there's a whole iceberg and there's many icebergs that are these just big, you know, big uh, blocks and mountains of ice in the ocean. And only the tip really comes out and shines out above the surface of the ocean. And so Hashem is like that. He is the ocean of consciousness. And then there's these little tips that sort of shine, that sort of um, uh, rise up out of the ocean. And that's us. We are like these little fragments or aspects of Hashem's consciousness that stick out from the surface of the water. And so we then sort of travel around inside of this world as like these little uh, tips of consciousness, uh, fragments, edges of Hashem's self, and we for, we have forgotten the larger truth of who we really are. There's actually a total consciousness that we really are just partial aspects of what's called a chelek elokami ma'al, uh, a piece or an aspect or a, or a segment, whatever word you want to use. Because again, it's very hard to use the words like words like parts or segments when you talk about something like consciousness because it is inherently intangible but we are like that's what we are like and and each of us as as an aspect of divine consciousness uh, a fragment of Hashem's total self so when we travel and traverse the world so we're kind of basically channeling Hashem's larger self through us into the world so whenever you behave in a way that is augmenting consciousness in the world and you're bringing you're you're being more woke you're being more awake in a true way not in a cultural way where the culture societal culture tells you this is the right thing to do right now when in fact it is actually the wrong thing we're talking about uh, an objective set of standards of how to evoke um, express and magnify consciousness into the world and we're going to talk a lot more about what that means and how to do that as we go through the sections of nefshahim but as we do that we're basically carrying hashem along with us because we are literally channeling him into the world through us since we are conduits of consciousness we are aspects of consciousness that are essentially shining out into the world and so really hashem is shining out through our aspect through our each of our individual aspects of his consciousness and so that's uh the end of chapter nine so now the nefshachim in chapter 10 begins to discuss a, a different issue which is kind of it's again very much related but he brings it up as a as a as a segment of the same uh line of thinking so he says this will explain the following issue. And there's this problem that there's different opinions in the great sages of the last thousand years. And the Torah sages of the last thousand years, they had a debate about the following. Whether a person of the people of Israel is greater than a malach. So a malach is, we can use the word angel here. What it really means is there's, we are, we are fragments of consciousness that exist inside of the physical world. What that means is that we are blocked off from Hashem to such a degree that we really experience ourselves as totally separate from Hashem. And that separation, that blockage, the barrier that, that divides Hashem and us, that separates us from our awareness that we are part of Hashem's larger consciousness is what allows us to have free choice. We can make choices because we don't see that we are actually aspects of a much larger truth. So we can say, well, I can either choose to live in a way that is in alignment with what I have been told or I have learned that I truly am, that I'm actually an aspect of Hashem, or I can choose uh, the opposite of that and behave in a way that is a violation of that truth. So those are the two different options that essentially every situation uh, allows or creates. You can live in a way that is furthering your awareness uh, and kind of uh, 
breaking through the barrier between you and Hashem a little bit more, or you can choose to live in a way that actually uh, enhances and thickens the barrier between you and your awareness of Hashem being the larger self. And that's all because we live in this physical universe. The blockage between us and Hashem is very thick as a result of that. Uh, so that blockage is called simtsum. We're going to leave that alone for now. It's constriction in English, usually translated. And so that's in contrast to malachim, which are usually the word translated into mean angels. It really means extensions of Hashem's will. And what that means is that uh, you can think of it as, imagine if you didn't have such a strong blockage between you and Hashem, and you're able to actually access the truth that you are an aspect of larger consciousness. And let's say you had, I don't know, let's say 100% knowledge it was so much awareness that you're an aspect of Hashem's consciousness that there's actually no room for you to even exist as a separate being. You would just be completely consumed, subsumed within Hashem's larger consciousness, and there will be no no you. And now imagine you were human on the spectrum that we're describing, then you'd have um, you'd have very little amount of awareness of Hashem's consciousness, and then you'd be experiencing yourself as completely separate or very separate from Hashem. Now, what if you were somewhere in the middle? What if you had 50% awareness of Hashem's consciousness, but 50% not? 50% 50% was blocked out. So you have a little bit of a sense of separateness, but you also have a certain amount of awareness of Hashem's consciousness that is very much present. And let's imagine that that, that, that was constant, that value. It stayed at 50%. That's the definition of a malach. A malach is a... Is a conscious being that actually has a fixed amount of awareness of Hashem's consciousness, and therefore it cannot change. In other words, it, it cannot develop more consciousness of Hashem or less consciousness of Hashem based on its behavior, unlike a human being. A human being can actually do that. We can actually behave in ways where when you behave in a way that is in alignment with the truth of who you are, as an aspect of the larger truth of consciousness, so then you actually become more aware, more uh, awake, more plugged in. And you can also shrink that by living in a way that violates it. So that's what we would call, um, if you are doing it, if you're living in alignment with it, that's what, that, that means that now you're growing. And if you're violating it, that means that you are now being chote. In English, people translate that to mean sin. It's a terrible word. Chote means you're basically missing the mark of who you really are. You're violating the truth of yourself. And so you are essentially uh, losing uh, touch with who you really are. And that's that's um, what is unique to be a human being. But a malach doesn't have that. That's what the, the debate here is. So what's better? Is it better to be able to evolve and develop and grow, but also potentially fail and, and, and decline and, and fall? Um, or is it better to just be stuck at the same, in the same exact level of awareness and just be in that place, in that position? What's better there? So by the way, it's a general question to think about, like, is it, it you know, there's a difference between different characters. Some people are very open to risk, although that leads to tremendous uh, reward, but it also can lead to tremendous loss. As opposed to people who, some people are much more comfortable just saying, I'll just sort of take the safe way, and then even though I'll never see tremendous reward, but I will at least have no chance of tremendous loss, ostensibly. So, here's how it reads. Is a person of Israel, is he greater than a malach? Or malach gadol mimenu? Is there a malach, is a malach greater than a person of Israel? And each of these two approaches in the Rishonim, in the uh, sages from the last thousand years, um, so they each bring proofs from different places in the Torah. The Alpin Vareno and Iskarlel, the things that we spoke about uh, previously, is Barashir Ba'emes Eluva Elu de Relohim Chayim. It's very clear that these are both two true approaches. Rabbi Vachinos Chalukim, they just have different applications. So these are two, it's, both, are, both are greater than the other in some form. 
That's the that's the idea here. Adam. It is clear that a malach is greater than a human being. In its basic essence, and certainly in terms of its its dedication to Hashem and the the incredibleness of its of its of its understanding of its grasp, because a malach is exposed to Hashem in such a way that it is literally forced by its awareness to be dedicated to Hashem fully, and it grasps Hashem with a level of openness that we lack. So inherently, um, it, it is it is above us. There is no comparison between a malach and a human being because a malach is so profoundly beyond us. So that's that side. Um, and he says, like it says in the Zohar, so it's quoting a, a medrash essentially, in Parshas Vayikra, it's one of the first psukim in the Torah when Hashem calls uh, the light that he creates, he calls that yom, uh, which is a funny discussion by itself, exactly what that means, because Hashem first creates light, and then he decides, he decides to uh, name the light that he created, Yom. And Yom is a funny word, we translate it as day usually, but here, in the beginning of the Torah, when Hashem first creates light, it's clearly not referring to day, because there is no day, there's no sun, there's no earth, there's no 24-hour periods, uh, all there is is light, and that light is something which, you know, it's, it's not... not uh, it's not sunlight, it's some kind of other light. And he's saying that, that, that when Hashem calls it light, he calls light yom, so the term yom clearly does not mean day. So it's a little, a little bit strange, which, by the way, has implications in terms of the idea of people saying that the creation of, of light, the first day of creation, was a day in which Hashem created light. Uh, that's a little bit odd, because the whole idea of a day did, did not exist at that point. Um, there were no days, and the word yom there clearly does not mean day. So it's odd to say that there were six days of creation in any sense that is, you know, meaningful when compared to our idea of days. So it's an important thing to think about. It says, Medrash there says, the grasp, the understanding of the malachim is, a, is, is tremendous. But those who are below them, it's not like that. A second level uh, grasp. Which is the lowest level of grasp. Um, that is, that's already like the level of like of, of, of dirt. But he has sagas adam because we are made out of afar in the Torah. Afar means essentially in, in English the, the basic word is, means dirt. In the Torah, it sounds like it just means raw material. So we, our bodies, are and our and our minds and our our awareness is rooted in some form in the raw material from which we were created, and that's called hasagas b'nei adam. So that measure seems clearly seems to indicate that the malachim have a higher level of grasp of understanding than we do. Um, also over there it says the malachim that are higher in the chain in other words you think about it that spectrum that we mentioned earlier where there's um, you know if we're all the way at the bottom of the spectrum we have the most blockage between us and Hashem and then the further up you go towards the source towards Hashem so then there's less and less and less blockage less and less and less partitions less and less and less prisms between the, that position and Hashem at the source so there are malachim all along that spectrum who are closer and closer and closer to the source. So, I mean, the word for them is not really malachim, but, you know, it's kind of talking about that using that language here. It says, HaMalachim the malachim that are closer, they receive the, the flow of Hashem's presence. Um, so, from uh, first, Umehim, and there's some terminologies here that I'm going to deliberately not translate for right now, Umehim yoreid and that, and then it goes through them, so Hashem's presence basically hits them, and they act as prisms themselves, they actually transform Hashem's um, light, we'll call it, light here is an analogy for Hashem's, Hashem's consciousness, that is essentially the raw material of all being, and so they then, they, they receive it, and they, tra- they turn around and they transmit it in a slightly altered, transformed form, 
it goes below them to the heavens and all the hosts of the heavens. And then it goes from there to human beings. So what each of those layers is, we're going to leave that alone for right now. But the point is that you can think of them all for now as different levels of malachim. In other words, different layers of the transmission of Hashem's consciousness, Hashem's energy, Hashem's self. Uh, through these these stages that essentially differentiate it out and, and, and use it to form the world that we experience including our own bodies and our own selves. And so we are at the end of that chain. Ayin Shem Bazar Truma. Another Zohar which says, that it says that the Malachim are more more uh, focused and dedicated towards Hashem than we are simply because they have no other option. They are they are exposed to Hashem in a way that we are not. But in one way, the Nefesh Chaim says there's an advantage to being human, something that the human beings have that the Malachim do not. That is, the ability to uh, raise up or to connect the different olamos, the different layers of being, um, one to the next. They no, the Malachim have no ability to do this. What exactly does that mean? To link the olamos, to connect them. Well, what the, each Malach, you can think of it as though, that spectrum that I just, I just uh, articulated, that there's places that you're either closer or further away from Hashem. So that's uh, so if you're all the way at the end of that spectrum where we are, then let's say you have 0% or 2% exposure to Hashem's consciousness, and there's many, many, many layers of blockage between you and Hashem. So you can think of it as like the, all these doors, you know, let's say there's 100 doors between you and Hashem, and each of these doors is made out of glass, and, e- and that glass is a little bit translucent. So, I mean, it's not totally transparent, but not... Not it's not totally opaque either. So you have a hundred doors like that. Let's imagine, and then imagine if you know th- there's some light that's going to make it through all the way from the other end. If there's Hashem's light is in the other end of all those hundred doors, then some of that light will make it through. Now imagine that each of those doors has a has a, a malach that is kind of associated with it. So the malachim, you know, they they're they're compartmentalized. Each one is kind of responsible for a particular level of being, a particular door. And their job is to open and close that door, uh, you know, and clean the glass. And, you know, they're basically in charge of how the light goes through that door. Now, the only thing is that they can only decide that one area. And even that decision is basically made as a function of either Hashem's instructions or a function of our instructions. So I'll give an example of in, in what way we can actually connect all these different layers. Well, thinking of those doors, so when, when we behave in such a way that we are actually deepening our awareness of Hashem's consciousness uh, within us. In other words, we're saying, I, I now, let's give an example. Let's say you see a person uh, who needs help. You see a person who is, uh, you know, carrying a lot of groceries and they're trying to get to, to get upstairs to their to their apartment and they're having a very hard time carrying them because let's say they're elderly. So what what's happening there? You let's you decide you're going to go and help them carry their groceries. So what are you actually doing? You're looking at another person, a body really. It's all you really see is the body. And then you're saying, I see there's something beneath this. There's something there's something um, noble and special and and something which needs to be protected and something which needs to be connected to and helped. And therefore, I'm going to go and help this person. And when you do that, you're now living in such a way that says, you know, as opposed to the the opposite would be, uh, if you see there is no one behind that body, there's nothing. It's just a, it's just a body. You would say, well, this 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 body is much weaker than my body, and I have power over it. So I can now go and knock it over and take all those groceries and eat them and keep them for myself. That is the opposite approach. Now, of course, we live generally today in a civilized society, so we don't we tend to not think of that as a true option. 
But the fact is that that's because we are largely acculturated to, to not thinking that way. But it's there are plenty of places where it's not like that in the world, and there have always been pl places where that has not been the cultured perspective, meaning the culture did not automatically assume that you should just view other people as special and therefore that they should be helped, cared about, protected. And so that's not a given. So we take it as a, for granted a lot because we live in that environment. But whenever you choose to actually live that way, whether it's because of your culture or just because you or t you know you actually thought about this and, and are doing it on purpose, either way, you are slightly more deepening your awareness. You're validating, enhancing, reinforcing the awareness that there is someone else behind that body. There's not just a body there. There's someone else there behind it. There's some kind of endless self that is irreplaceable, special, worth loving, worth connecting to. And there's a lot of depth behind what that even means. But for now, the idea behind that is there's someone else there. And so that now means that now there's a little bit more of a deeper awareness of Hashem's presence manifest to you through that's through the situation that you're in. So think about that for a second. Well, what that kind of means is that that if we think about those doors, so you can think of it as like those doors have now been slightly uh, cleaned or are or opened a little bit, all of them, because now there's a little bit more of an awareness of the light of Hashem that's all the way to the other end, the other side of the hundred of these hundred doors, and those hundred doors are suddenly all opened a crack because then now there's a little bit more light coming all the way through hundreds and hundreds of doors like that. A hundred doors are each opened an inch, and now there's uh, you know there's a little bit of light shining through, and so that's that's what it means to be able to be ma'ale um, and mitkasher. The olamos. The olamos means these worlds. These it really means layers of existence, layers of reality. And each of those, you know, when if you open the, if you open the door that is closest to you, you'll get into a whole nother layer of existence, which is the the layer above you. And then th those layers go all the way up to Hashem. And so with that, that that these layers are analogies for kind of like the translation uh, of Hashem's self through many stages until it eventually manifests as what you experience as yourself in the world around you. But that's what we mean when we say olamos. And you have the ability to actually. Uh, access that and understand that and see that and sort of uh, attune yourself to the light of Hashem's presence that is shining through from the other side and essentially by doing that every time you do it you then are you're you're making the doors uh, a little bit more permeable a little more transparent and allowing Hashem's light to shine into the world through what it is that you're doing so that's the first half of this chapter we'll do the second half uh, God willing in the next episode hope you enjoyed that again check out yesodblocks.com if you'd like to get uh, more premium content that's much more explained and much more in depth than just uh, this safer. I hope you enjoyed that and have an awesome day.